I got one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life, got a made up mind, one time to live, one time to die, I gotta make my one count, one life. This is Taylor. Preaching Jesus the Christ, this is the One Life Podcast via MadeUpMind.com. Praise the Lord. Morning, afternoon, evening, regardless of the time zone that you're in, I am so delighted and excited for Jesus Christ right here in my seat. Yes, I have the activity of my limbs. I can swallow and breathe and hear and smell. The functions of my body are working. I thank God for health. I thank God for strength. I thank God for salvation and the consciousness of Jesus Christ redeeming me. November 29th, 1998. Yes, today uh, it's August 2022. And Jesus Christ is still Lord of all. Hallelujah. I just felt like maybe that exhortation would be a blessing to somebody. Today's podcast is called Friend Foe Fusion. Friend Foe Fusion. We will be reading out of the Bible, of course. Our primary text is going to be Ezra chapter 9. But before we get to the word, let me read to you this sad story. Uh, This story is a Connecticut lacrosse star, 17, found stabbed to death after a fight at at a party. This was earlier this year, around May. This is from an article uh, from DailyMail.com, Alyssa Guzman. And this is very short, so I'm going to go ahead and read the whole thing, and then we'll highlight this and get to the word. A Connecticut lacrosse player was fatally stabbed after a fight at an alcohol-fueled party where three others were injured. James Jimmy McGrath, 17, was stabbed alongside three others on Saturday night and was found outside a sheltered home on Laurel Glen Drive. Police said it was not at the teen's home, but it was unclear who owns the home. Police arrived to the home around midnight and found numerous teenagers outside the residence and found four stabbing victims who were transferred to the hospital. It is unclear what conditions the other three are in, but they have reportedly spoken with police. No arrests have been made as of Tuesday and Shelton police told the New York Post the investigation is currently ongoing. A nurse who lives in the neighborhood was the one to call 911 after she heard screaming, according to Fox 61. She walked out and she saw what was happening and walked over and gave the kid CPR before he passed away, her son Peter McCarthy recalled to Fox 61. His school, Fairfield Prep, an all-male institution was cost 23000 a year to attend, confirmed the junior's death in a statement released on Monday, writing, Jimmy was a beloved student and athlete on the football and lacrosse teams and will forever be a member of the Prep Brotherhood. The school held a private vigil for the student. More than a thousand people gathered to honor his life. 
Uh, a neighbor who lives across the street and from, and from the house said it was sad to see what was happening, what is happening to our teenagers. She felt scared to send kids to school. They are making so many wrong mistakes and decisions, Christina Lewis Finn told Fox 61. A fifth grade parent, Kathleen Davis, told Fox 61 her fifth grader crying and saying that he's asking the question, Mommy, how could somebody be so angry? Like how somebody uh, be so angry that they would do that? I don't know what to tell my children. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is called Friend Foe Fusion. Friends and foes fuse together. Can't really tell who's who. So let's unpack this story. First of all, the kid was 17 years old. He was fatally stabbed. Number two, he was, there were numerous teenagers outside the residence. Numerous. Who knows what number that is, but hey, there was a lot of people there. So it was no need for that person to think, you know, I'm not safe here. It's not because it was five people. It was plenty of people. In other words, in a scenario like that, two things that people oftentimes think. It won't happen to me and I still got time. No arrests were made. That's pretty sad because, you know, the police is, are a reaction component. Uh, yes, if they're already there on site, they can be a preventative uh, component. But for the most part, they will come after something already has occurred or in the act of something occurring. So a nurse she called 911 when she heard screaming, but um, she walked out. She gave the kid CPR and she couldn't save him. The point I'd like to make here when I when I heard that she, she couldn't save him. She couldn't save the kid. She gave him CPR and he passed away anyway. Well, check this out. No one can live for you and no one can die for you. You know what people say when you try to live for them, like give them advice and tell them how to live, especially young people. Let me live my life. Let me do my own thing. I want to do my own thing. So young folks, a lot of times they don't want nobody to, to tell them what to do. This was a school. Fairfield Prep, a high school, all-male institution, which costs $23,000 a year to attend. What does that mean? This brother came from, you know, a well-off family. Most folks in urban settings, rural settings, country settings, they are not sending their high school child to an institution that costs $23,000 a year. So this was not some little cupcake uh, scrub type brother if his parents had enough money to send him to an institution like that. Proverbs 11.4 says riches do not profit in the day of wrath but righteousness delivers from death. Yes, very expensive school. Probably state-of-the-art technology, uh, cutting-edge education, but again, uh, that, that kind of money didn't prevent this brother from being stabbed to death. Now, more than a thousand people gathered to honor his life. More than 1,000 people. I wonder who changed after hearing 
this brother's death. How many of those thousand people, how many of those youth, how many of those parents, how many of those young men, maybe some of the men from his high school or from the party, how many of them changed as a result of this brother's death? Or was it just like we're so uh, 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 bombarded with news that we treat it like birds flying by the window? They just go by. Oh, okay. You see that bird? Mm-hmm. And you just keep on rolling on with life. The neighbor said, it's sad to see what's happening to our teenagers. It's sad that no one is listening. And sinfully, the same evil persists. Nobody's listening. Teen pregnancy, abortion, gang life. You should see Memphis now. Memphis has got people getting killed every day. It used to be every 36 hours. Now it seems like it's every day somebody getting killed. Uh, it, it just, in other words, because nobody is listening, these teenagers, the same evil is persisting. Not just with teenagers, but since we talk about teenagers, yes, these teens are out of control. A lot of them are. They are making so many wrong mistakes and decisions. They can be wise, but they don't want to be. Remember what I told you. Go up to a young person. Say, hey, hey uh, go to the hood somewhere. Find a, a guy who's sagging his pants. Say, man, pull your pants up. Watch what he tell you. Watch what his body language say. And, you know, just be prepared for his reaction. Finally, the fifth grader was crying, saying, how could somebody be so angry? How could somebody be so angry that they would do that? She said she didn't know what to tell her child. Well, I know what to tell him. And I'm going to tell that child or whoever's listening. I'm going to tell him what we're going to get into. Friend, foe, fusion. That's what I'm going to tell him. The last line of this article, as we transition to the word, says, I feel like right now all I can do is offer a prayer. Prayer to who and a prayer for what? If you are not living for Jesus, who are you praying to? If you don't follow or serve the only true and living God, what is prayer to you? If you're not praying to God, it's just a saying. It's no different than you saying, hey, ho, hum, uh, rubber dub dub, uh, fill in the blank. It ain't no different. Oh, for real? Man, you got cancer? Uh, let me say a little something. Uh, flapjack, raggedy, razorback. All right, man, have a good day. Now, as stupid as that sounds, that's prayer apart from God, the living God. It's just a saying. So offer a prayer is kind of, let me say something. Read a poem. I mean, don't say a prayer. I mean, you ain't praying to nobody anyway. Just read a poem. Now, that's my own two cents. But let's move to the word. Now, this podcast is called Friend Foe Fusion. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you're listening to and according to the analytics on this podcast, people are listening in various parts of the world. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please, please, please share this podcast. You and I both know people who need some truth in their lives. So many parents and so many different people live based off of an assumption and most of the time they are wrong.
So share this. Don't allow somebody to become a victim or we're going to read another story. and It's going to be somebody that you and I both know. Connecticut lacrosse star 17 found stabbed to death because he was at a party. Now, friend for fusion, let's read Ezra chapter nine. If you are new to this podcast, please understand that we take our time to read the word of God. People sit at ball games three, four hours. People stand outside of a store. They camp out the night before 10, 12 hours just to buy a new shoe or a phone or something like that. Uh, And the list goes on and on and on for the things that people are committed and passionate. And and really, they, they, you know, they, they have things that they're really into. So because Jesus Christ is Lord... And because uh, we love the word of God on this channel, we read the word of God. So this is a drop in a bucket compared to what we could read. But let's read Ezra chapter nine. I'm reading out of the NIV so it can go a little bit quicker because it's uh, contemporary language. So it's a little bit smoother. So if you have your Bible, please turn to Ezra chapter nine. And it reads, starting at verse 1, After these things had been done, the leaders came to me and said, The people of Israel, including the priests and the Levites, have not kept themselves separate from the neighboring peoples with their detestable practices like those of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. I know that was a mouthful. They have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons and have mingled the holy race with the peoples around them. And the leaders and officials have led the way in this unfaithfulness. That's a very profound sentence right there. When I heard this, I tore my tunic and cloak, pulled hair from my head and beard and sat down appalled. Then everyone who trembled at the words of the, of the God of Israel gathered around me because of this unfaithfulness of the exiles. And I sat there appalled until the evening sacrifice. That's another very profound statement. Then at the evening sacrifice, I rose from myself a basement with my tunic and cloak torn and fell on my knees with my hands spread out to the Lord my God and prayed. Oh my God, I am too ashamed and disgraced to lift up my face to you and my God, because our sins are higher than our heads and our guilt has reached the heavens. From the days of our forefathers until now, our guilt has been great. Because of our sins, we and our kings and our priests have been subjected to the sword and captivity, to pillage and humiliation at the hand of foreign kings as it is today. But now for a brief moment, the Lord our God has been gracious in leaving us a remnant and giving us a firm place in his sanctuary. And so our God gives light to our eyes and a little relief in our bondage. Verse 9. Though we are slaves, our God has not deserted us in bondage. He has shown us kindness in the sight of the kings of Persia. He has granted us new life to rebuild the house of our God and repair its ruins. And he has given us a wall of protection in Judah and Jerusalem. Listen very carefully, folks. Verse 10. But now, O our God, what can we say after this? 
For we have disregarded the commandments you gave through your servants, the prophets, when you said the land you are entering to possess is a land polluted by the corruption of his peoples. By their detestable practices, they have filled it with their impurity from one end to the other. Verse 12 is the punchline of this podcast. Therefore, do not give your daughters in marriage to their sons or take their daughters for your sons. Do not seek a treaty of friendship with them at any time that you may be strong and eat the good things of the land and leave it to your children as an everlasting inheritance. We're going to come back to that verse. Other translations say, instead of it saying, do not make a treaty of friendship. Other translations say, do not seek peace or prosperity. 13. What has happened to us is a result of our evil deeds and our great guilt. And yet, our God, you have punished us less than our sins have deserved and have given us a remnant like this. Shall we again break your commands and intermarry with the peoples who commit such detestable practices? Would you not be angry enough with us to destroy us, leaving us no remnant or survivor? O Lord, God of Israel, you are righteous. We are left this day as a remnant. Here we are before you in our guilt, though because of it, not one of us can stand in your presence. That was Ezra chapter 9. And that was 15 verses. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to One Life with Tay Love via MadeUpMind.com. There's so much meat in this text here. The thing I love about Ezra is he was an upstanding man of God. Here he is pleading on behalf of his people to God, reminding God of what he said and understanding that him and the people have fallen, have broken the commandments, broken what God has told them to do. So again, the podcast is called Friend Foe Fusion. We're going to dance around verse 12. I just wanted to read the whole chapter so that you can understand what verse 12 meant. Had I just read it by itself, it probably wouldn't have had as much weight to it. But I'm going to read it one more time. Ezra 9 verse 12 NIV and it says, therefore do not give your daughters in marriage to their sons or take their daughters for your sons. Do not seek a treaty of friendship with them at any time that you may be strong and eat the good things of the land and leave it to your children as an everlasting inheritance. Friend, foe, fusion. What is friendship? I know we have been making friends since kindergarten, preschool and all that. But what is friendship? Let's not assume. Let's clear it all the way up and make it plain. Friendship is defined as one attached to another by affection or esteem. A feeling of liking and caring for someone or something. Tender attachment. One that is preferred. Harmony in personal relations. Those are a, a myriad, a spectrum of definitions for friendship. All right. Well, if that is friendship, what is a friend? A friend is a favored companion. Well, what is a companion? One that keeps company with another. 
what is company? An intimate friend or associate. What is intimate? Marked by very close association, contact, or familiarity. The reason why it's imperative for us to understand that is this is what people seek and what people like and why people uh, savor and try to maintain friendships. Just saying you my friend doesn't really let us see the, the canister of the value in that friend or that friendship. But having read all of that, now we can see and understand the weight of what God is saying. God is saying, look, don't seek to be a, 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 a intimate friend or an associate. Don't have no close association or contact or familiarity. Don't be attached to these jokers by affection or esteem. Don't have no feelings of liking or caring. Do not have any tender attachment. Do not prefer them. Don't be in harmony with them. That's what God is saying here in Ezra 9 verse 12 and all the things I read before and after are the reasons why God was always trying to tell the children of Israel listen I am your heavenly father I know what's best for you listen to me don't seek a friendship with these persons for these reasons all right now we already read Ezra 9 12 now let's read a few other verses that go along with friendships. Because we became familiar with friends when we were children, a lot of times we don't, you know, we don't think that friend is a real serious or big deal. You become Christians, you join a church, you start growing and, you know, sometimes you vibe with people, sometimes you don't. As you get older, Sometimes you go a long time without even making new friends because you've lived long enough to know most people ain't serious. Most people are fake and shallow and people just run their mouth. People do and say what feels good or what's convenient for the time and place. Hey, let's go to lunch sometime. Hey, buddy, what's going on? They, they don't care one uh, uh, rat's behind about you. You are just like the fox uh, uh, in the mountain of Montana somewhere, if there is one there. And that's that's most people. You know, in other words, most people are not genuine right off. If they, if they don't really if you don't really have a common interest, it's not easy to make friends. OK, however, the Bible does speak about friends because God knows about friends and friendships and being friendly and such like. So let's read a few verses to see. What does the Bible say about friendship? Here it is in Ezra 9, 12. God is saying, look, don't seek a friendship with these folk. Well, God, why not? Why are you concerned or are you concerned about me and my friends? Well, let's read Proverbs 12, 26, New Living Translation. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Godly people give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead their friends astray. Yes, wicked people lead even their own friends astray. 
You watch movies, you look at news clips, you know people who have told you somebody snitched on them. Look at look at Jeff Bezos. At the at, at some point, I think a year, two, three years ago, he was the richest man on the planet. Jeff Bezos took the wife of his supposed best friend. Look at that. The wicked led his friend astray. That's jacked up, ain't it? That's just one example. Let's keep reading. Proverbs 13, 20, New Living Translation. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Remember that word associate. I told you that's why it's imperative to know what words mean. A tender attachment with fools. Uh-huh. An intimate association with fools. Uh-huh. A favored companion of fools. When you prefer fools, if you are in harmony with fools, etc., etc., that's what's going to get you in trouble. Proverbs 13, 20, New Living Translation, walk with the wise and become wise, associate with fools and get in trouble. First Corinthians 15, 33, Amplified Classic Version. Man, I love these Bible translations. Man, the word is so good. It comes alive when you take your time to study. Man, it's like if I, it, 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 it's like if you take some chicken. I recently have been trying to master a few recipes because when you when you buy food in a grocery store and you go home and it don't taste good after you cook it, man, you feel like you wasted your money. But man, if you can go home and put a few things in the pot just right, man, 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 that's where that commercial from a long time ago say, mm -mm, good boy, I tell you. All right. So I got this chicken. I put it in the oven. I'm baking it. And man, I put that thing in there for two hours. Then the next round, I put it in for two and a half hours. Then a few weeks later, I bought it. I put it in for three hours. Man, when I tell you the tenderness and the taste, my goodness, that's what I'm talking about. When we take our time in God's word, when you go through all this stuff and you, you want to fall in love with Jesus, this is how you fall in love with Jesus. Every day is not going to be, uh, I'm just going for lack of better words, going to be a magical day. Every day ain't going to be roses, but man, you can crawl in your house, turn on your worship music, praise God, open his word and fall in love with Jesus. His word is how we fall in love with him. First Corinthians 15, 33. Amplified classic version says, do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion and associations corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character. Did you hear that? Hebrews 4.12 say the word of God is sharp. It cuts down to the joints and marrow, the, 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 the uh, soul, the asunder of soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships. Well, is your friend evil? Is little Marcus, a little Ray Ray, a little 
Marquez or these four, five syllable boy names I ain't never even heard of before in Memphis, Tennessee. Is, is that Joker or them Jokers evil? Well, the Bible says evil companionships, evil communion, evil associations, what do they do? Corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character. The Bible cares about your friends. God cares about your friends. A good loving parent cares about the friends of their children. A good loving parent is going to say something to their children or child if they get the sense that uh, Buki be stealing, that you don't need to hang around him. But I like him. You're going to be rolling with Buki one day. He going to steal something and they going to arrest your butt. That's what a good mama or daddy going to say. Let's keep reading. Proverbs 28.7, King James Version. All I'm doing here, folks, is reading the Bible. And we're seeing... That God cares about your friends. Proverbs 28, 7, King James Version. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of riotous men shameth his father. What does riotous mean? Well, some of our other translations will help us understand what God is trying to convey to us. Proverbs 28.7, Contemporary English Version. It makes good sense to obey the law of God, but you disgrace your parents if you make friends with worthless nobodies. Riotous men, worthless nobodies. Expanded Bible, children who obey what they have been taught, protect the instruction or the law, are wise, but friends of troublemakers or gluttons disgrace their parents ladies and gentlemen riotous men worthless nobodies troublemakers new living translation same verse young people who obey the law are wise those with wild friends bring shame to their parents the living bible same verse young men who are wise obey the law a son who is a member of a lawless gang is a shame to his father. Ladies and gentlemen, in a few translations, the Bible, God's word, has given us insight as to the kind of people that if we are companions with is going to cause us to shame our father. Riotous men worthless nobodies, troublemakers, wild friends, or a lawless gang. What kind of people do you think was at this party in Connecticut where this 17-year-old boy was stabbed to death? What kind of people were at this party where there were numerous teenagers outside the residence and four people were stabbed and one so happened to die? What kind of people, what kind of uh, uh, people were at this party where 911 had to be called because of screaming? 
What kind of people were at this party where a kid had to be given CPR that was a failed attempt to save his life? Ladies and gentlemen, God cares about the people you and I have company with. So let's keep reading more of the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. Let's keep reading. Proverbs 17, 17, King James Version says, A friend loveth at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. Some people interpret this part of brother is born for adversity, meaning you get along with your friends, but you're going to fight with family. If you keep reading, what it means is a, a, a brother is like a family member to help you and support you and encourage you through tough times. A friend, friends ain't always around, but if you have a brother, you're mostly living with them. They got your back. Uh, people with siblings have probably plenty of stories where they got each other's back. But listen, folks, don't don't miss this. A friend loveth at all times. Well, was this friend or them people at the party? Who was the foe fused in the midst of all these friends? Who was the, the foe? Because the foe was with the friends and somebody got stabbed and died. All right. But if it was a real friend, and if it was a party of all friends, the Bible says a friend loveth at all times. If you love your friend at all times, the last thing you're going to think about is stabbing them to death. Again, we, we don't, there's a lot of things in this article we don't know. But here's the thing, you sit here at a party and everything is fine. Everybody's dancing around, drinking and having what the world would call a good time. Yeah, and it looks like everybody's getting along. Rodney King, 1992, can't we all just get along? Yeah, well, something happened and somebody lost his life because foes were fused with friends. Proverbs 18.24, King James Version, A man that hath friends must, must shew himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Folks, I just wanted to read you those few verses so that you can see the Bible speaks about friends. The Bible speaks about friendships. God cares about the people who are around us, the people we have tender affection for, the people that we are in harmonious relations with. So here's a few questions and points I'd like to make. And we're, we're, we're wrapping up here. This is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to One Life with Tay Love via MadeUpMind.com. Question. Is it a sin to have friends that are ungodly? That depends on what your definition of friend is. If your definition of friend is anything like the definitions I gave you in friendship and friend, I would say it is sinful because it's going to harm you. In other words, all the verses that we just read will tell you what's going to happen if you are intimate and close association with certain people. Lawless gang, wild friends, troublemakers, worthless nobodies, riotous men, uh, wicked, uh, fools. If, if, if you if you got people like that in your life, then the Bible tells you what's going to happen. So it's not necessarily a sin issue. 
It's do you want to have harm brought to your life like this boy? And unfortunately, it costed him his life. So that's kind of, you know, the real answer to that question It's not a matter of sin. It's, it's an admonition of God. And it's it's an, a chance for you and I to apply the, the wisdom of God's word. Next point, every aspect of your life is subject to the word of God when Jesus is Lord. When you have people that want to say, okay, A through P is Jesus and uh, R through Z is, is me. Or every letter of the alphabet is God's except for X, Q, and B. I want to keep those for me. That's a heart issue and like I said every aspect of your life is subject to the word of God when Jesus is Lord in other words if the Bible has something to say about it you you need to know it you need to find out don't assume find out somebody didn't know the Bible said all this stuff about friends somebody didn't know that hey man you 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 don't want to be trying to be friends with everybody and not just because you want to be popular or your friend has a big head or whatever. None of those little uh, trivial things. But oh, it's, it's other things. You know, other deeper things and reasons of why God say check your friends. Next point. God is our Heavenly Father and cares about you entirely, absolutely, and all the way around. Remember, God forms you, fashions you. The Bible says in Psalm 139, we're not going to read it, but if you read that Psalm, you will see you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God took his time when he made you. You weren't in a fried egg or some shrimp fried rice. You know, that, that ain't don't take but three, four minutes. That's why when you go to the restaurant, you say, I would like shrimp fried rice in less than five minutes. They bring the bowl out to you. And it ain't, you know, no, no, no. That's not how God made you and me. God took his time. You know, he gave you eye retina, the fovea centralis, the, the eyelash that blinks and the eyeball that focuses and the, the you know, the eyelids that close and, and, and the wrinkles and fingerprints in your hand and the fingernails and the joints and the cartilage and the muscle and all these systems, the respiratory system, the skeletal system, the central nervous system. He gave you neurons and blood cells and white cells and, and he gave you fiber and calcium and protein and, and the list goes on and on and on and on God 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 our Heavenly Father cares about you entirely absolutely and all the way around Psalm 24 and 1 King James Version the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein the fullness thereof the fullness of your existence, your thoughts, your psychological, uh, your, your, your mental state, your emotional state, your physical body, your spiritual state. God cares about you and all of you belongs to God. Psalm 50, 10 through 11, King James Version. For every beast of the forest is mine 
and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Look at God. God is saying, hey, it's mine. And he's God, so who is to say otherwise? So God is saying, listen, I care about you. We are human beings created in the image and in the likeness of God. Take a pretty cute looking animal like the husky. The husky has been popularized on YouTube or the raccoon, you know, or a golden retriever or whatever. Pick your animal, something you think is cute and just a beautiful creature. As beautiful and as ma magnificent as that husky is and all the golden retriever and stuff like that, that is not, doesn't compare to you. As beautiful as that is, that does not have the image of God. You do. You bear the image of God. Now that has the fingerprint of God or the signature of God, but you have his image you have the very image of God in your existence. And that's why you are his. He cares about you. God gives us life and allows us to choose on the playing field of his word. Please don't miss this. God is not like the, the, the God of Islam. Muslims, he's not untouchable, far away, somewhere in a, a heavenly cloud closet. He, he, God is not coercive. He doesn't force you and push you and bully you, intimidate you. God doesn't do that. Remember, God is our heavenly father. What he does is he allows you to choose, you and I to choose on the playing field of his word. These scriptures are going to help you understand what I mean. When I say the playing field of his word, I'm saying Hebrews 1, 2, King James Version. It says, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. The word of God is the Son of God in the flesh. The Bible tells us, John 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. It is by the word that he made the worlds. There's so many scriptures that tell us in Ephesians and in Hebrews, it tells us by Jesus, for Jesus, that's why God made the world. It's for his glory. Okay, so the word is what we are allowed to make decisions in. In other words, let's look at Hebrews 11.3, King James Version. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. One more verse to uh, support this point. Psalm 138.2, King James Version. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the word of God that we are making decisions toward or against 
every single decision that we make is either in concert with God or it's in a contest with God. We're contending with his word or we're in concert with his word. Every single decision, dating somebody, you're 15 years old, you're slobbing around on your mouth and you get in heat and you say you want to do something. Well, you can't get married. So what's the point? Is God's word for or against what you're doing? Uh, another scenario, man, I, I, I'm running short on money. I used to be in the streets, man. I know I can I can go. Uh, I know this little trick of, of you know, kind of jacking this ATM and. I can I can pull off about 300 bucks before I get caught. Is it for or against God's word? That's what I mean. He allows us to choose, but the playing field is his word. We asked the question earlier, is it a sin to have ungodly friends? Somebody's probably thinking, well, Jesus sat and ate with tax collectors and sinners. Well, if you read the Bible, go to John 15 and he says, you are my friends if you do what I say. If you keep my commandments, then you are my friends. If you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. So friends love God and do what he say. So you're not a friend of God if you don't do what he say. I know there was a song a while ago. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. No, you just like the song. The Bible says that if you ain't doing what he say, he ain't calling you friend. You calling him friend. But he's saying, no, you ain't doing what I say. You ain't my friend and you don't love me. We got to be careful, folks. So it, it, again, is it a sin to have ungodly friends. I'm going to read you two verses and we are done. 2 Corinthians 6.14, King James Version. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Amos 3.3 Can two walk together except they be agreed? Last example I'll give you is this. Hey, I'm a married man. Let's say I start a new job, move to a new town, start a new job. I'm working at the bus depot and we fix on buses and, and I'm in the lunchroom and, you know, me and this guy, we established rapport after a while and his name is Corey. So me and Corey get to talking one day. He buy me lunch. I buy him lunch. He buy me some drink. I buy him some drink. Okay, cool. I give him a ride home one day. I meet his wife and Corey's like, yo, man, let's hang out Friday night. I'm like, okay. So we get off early from work Friday night. You know, I pick up Corey. And Corey's like, yo, man, I got a place we can go. I said, well, what, where are we going? He said, I'm going to take you to the big house. I'm like, what's that? He goes, trust me, man, you'll like it. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to be friends with him. So I'm like, well, you know, let's see what the big house is. We pull up to the big house and it's a strip joint. Now, the Bible version I just read to you is can two walk together except they be agreed well Corey I'm a married man I love my wife and I live for Jesus I don't do the strip bar he like well you know I, I'm married too but you know it ain't really like that with me and my wife she don't mind if I go here from time to time you know she says she don't care where I get my appetite as long as I eat at home 
I'm like, well, brother, we don't agree, and you got to take me back home. Or I'll get an Uber or something, but I'm not going in this strip club. So it's not a sin. I'm not a sin because I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use the word quotation, friends with Corey. But let's say different versions of the same story happen. What do you think happens after the fourth time? Corey going to be like, well, I ain't going to fool with him because he, he ain't going to do it. He don't want to go. And I'll be saying the same thing. That's what the Bible is saying. So, again, it's not a sin. The Bible is just telling you after a while what you're going to realize is you ain't got nothing in common. And remember, one definition of friends or friendship or companionship is camaraderie. And camaraderie is a group with a common interest. So if we don't have a common interest, then, of course, it's, it's just a matter of time before we fall apart. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Tay Love preaching Jesus the Christ. You're listening to One Life with Tay Love via MadeUpMind.com. Today's podcast was Friend Foe Fusion. Until next time. One life, one death, one tie. Make disciples, make disciples.